Hello everyone and welcome back to another episode of Non-Secretor Nerds. Tonight we're going to need you to gather the Dragon Balls and wish for the Avatar to return because we're talking American and, and yeah, American versus Japanese anime. Joining me as always, <laughs> my buddy Ian. How's it going, bud? Much better than that cold opening. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> I, I, it came out, it started strong, it started strong, and then I have a hard I have a hard candy in I have a hard candy in my mouth, okay? I, I like uh -huh. I like Werther's caramels, alright? I'm an old man. Alright, old all right, old man. Exactly. <laughs> when are you going to send me some? Um, you're only really an old man if, like, I go to your house next and you just have, like, a dish. Like, you have a ceramic dish that has, like, a lid on it that you keep next to the, like, next to the couch table or something like that. You know, th that is what makes you the old man. What? There's also got to be something in there, like, you know, there's also going to be, like, random things in there, like paper clips or paper clips and buttons and the keys to a Volkswagen Scirocco. So, <laughs> I, don't, I don't even know what that is. <laughs> You'll have to Google that. I'm gonna, I'm gonna have to now. Oh, and, and those random little strawberry candies that have like the gooey center that nobody knows where to get, but everybody has had one. Yes, they're delicious, yes, by the way. Yes, yes. Uh, well, tonight we're not talking about hard candy. We're going to talk we about should. eye candy, and what we mean by eye candy is uh, what we consider. You know, Japanese traditional Japanese anime versus what we're going to call American anime or, you know, American cartoons in the anime style. Yep. And I feel like this is a this is a topic that's really kind of derisive on the Internet. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah you're, very you're much have, so. The, the way this kind of came to mind the, to me, actually, for this topic this week is I was um, on Reddit. Surprise, surprise. Earlier this week. Right. And I, I was looking at, at um, the anime thread mm -hmm. uh, or the subreddit. And uh, there was somebody posted a clip from uh, How Not to Summon a Demon Lord. Okay. And it was it was just a 30-second clip, and the, the thing was basically just like, holy crap, the the voice actress, the way the voice actress did this, like, feral scream just sent shivers down my spine. Okay. And it was uh, it was the English dub version, but it wasn't tagged or anything like that. And the yeah. very, the, there was only a few comments on it, and one of them was, was already downvoted a few times, basically some jackass going saying something to the effect of oh my god my ears are bleeding how dare you how dare you post uh you know the the uh english dub without putting some kind of tag on it you should you know like burn in the pits of tartarus oh or something god. like that like okay and i'm just like and I, i'm just like really like i like really? i get it i've got a lot of friends like anime that they refuse to watch anime dubbed i have friends that refuse to watch you know, watch subs. For me, it, it depends a lot on what I'm doing. If I'm actively watching an anime, truthfully, like, I'll just watch whatever, if, if it's dubbed or subbed, whatever cues up first. If it's something like, if I have it on as background noise while I'm, you know, doing something else, it will always be dubbed just so I can kind of passively listen to it. I don't have to keep turning, looking to read what's going on while I'm doing something else if it's background noise. But I'm, I'm not gonna like. I'm not gonna knock people that only watch anime one way or the other. It's personal choice. I mean, I don't. I don't get. This is one of those topics that I don't get why people get so heated about of subs versus dubs. I. I don't. I just don't have the mentality to get it behind that argument. I mean, it's watch it how you're gonna um, watch it. I mean. Right. I think for some people, it's really a uh, yes. A cat just walked by me right in front Kitty. of my camera. Um, 
for some people, it's the mindset, is, and I, I know some folks that, you know, they, they prefer watching the subs over yeah. the dubs, but they don't have any issues with the dubs. Right. Uh, for some people, it's it's the mindset of um, the the English translation doesn't always line up directly with the original intent of well, the Japanese yeah. version well, especially... because of the mouth because of the mouth flaps, right? Like you, you yeah. know, you're not going to all you're not going to always be able to 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 match those mouth flaps. I mean, otherwise it's going to look like you know a 1970s Godzilla movie, right? Um, in which case, you know, it. it it's almost hilarious to, to watch at that point. Dude, um, those but, old movies were good, though. I mean, they, they're a fun oh, they really they, they're a fun one. Yes, they really were. Um, so you know the 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 translation to English vocals doesn't always it, you kind of lose some of the original and uh, you can lose some of the original intent, some of the original mm-hmm. translation. Well, especially um, like like I mean, the Japanese language like is big on word puns, words that sound the same, but like it'd be like the equivalent uh, the equivalent of in some of the words don't translate to a a rhyming or similar sounding word in English. So like right. while that pun or that joke may have made perfect sense in Japanese. In English, if they translate it directly, you, you get something along the lines of, so then I got in my car and there was a fish. What? Right. You know, or, or something. They, what I'm saying is they don't always translate well. So, I mean, it's not just not just the, the intent of what's being spoken, but how it's being spoken and then the context of it. So, I mean, in that aspect, I can understand that. But I think like anime, <laughs> anime is such a big thing anymore that especially a lot of the major companies do such a good job of going, okay, well that doesn't make sense in English or this is a cultural reference that people outside of Japan probably will not get. If we change the context slightly, it will still make sense in the grand scheme of the scene or this episode or the season or whatever have you. Right. The, the, obviously the, the, one of the major versions of this that we've talked about before yeah, is yeah. Uh, the, po- the Pokemon anime where they called the onigiri, <laughs> the rice balls, donuts. Yeah. Which, <laughs> just, I mean, you know, and uh, even growing up, even growing up, I'm like, what the hell kind of yeah, donut that's is a that? Weird, that's a weird donut. I mean, it's like, oh, maybe it's a donut that's in Pokemon. And like, that's all the farther I thought about it. And now it's like, oh no, that's, that's a rice ball. I mean, right. <laughs> that's but a seaweed anyway, rice ball. But yeah, we're, we're getting, exactly. we're, we're already off topic. All right. You a bowl. All yes. right, cool. We've hit all our talking points. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I just need to get a bell on my disc every time Seriously. we say his name. We, we say his name, I just ring the bell. Um, you have a boom, boom. Maybe get, get one of those old Staples easy buttons. Do a ball. That was easy. Right. That's what he says about um, the, all the all the movies he makes. That was easy. Yep, pretty much. Uh, <laughs> I mean, if you I mean you can vomit out five movies a year, can't can't you? I mean, I probably could with given you know tax write offs on every single one of them. Yeah. I could turn out ten. Are they good? No, but neither are his. <laughs> anyway, all right. So um, transitioning back to the the topic at hand uh, is obviously the you know American anime uh, versus um, Japanese anime, and I'm not, I don't even want to say versus. Like this is not a yeah. battle. This is a. Despite this is just like the, a. If you're watching our YouTube uh, video of this, despite what the background says, it's it's not a battle. And yes, I realize a lot of these people wouldn't consider. American anime, but it, it's the best I could do five minutes before we recorded. <laughs> right. So I mean, anime became really kind. Of, it started hitting mainstream in the in the nineties. You know, with things like Dragon Ball and Gundam, and then yep. like Toonami, Sailor Moon, you know, brought 
Sailor Moon, Cowboy Bebop, like all of those things started coming over. And then in the 2000s, we started seeing more of an adoption of of a higher adoption rate of, of anime, uh, mm-hmm. Japanese anime in America. And I think that led to inspiration yeah. um, in a lot of American, American cartoons. Uh, so that led to, you know, one of the earliest examples that I can think, that I can think of is Teen Titans. Yeah. Uh, DC's Teen Titans from the, the original, uh, early Teen 2000s. Titans, not Teen Titans Go. <laughs> Correct, because yep. that is a... Anyway. Um, <laughs> that's, a, that's a whole other so show. The, Yes, exactly. <laughs> if you want to see me rant for the next uh, 90 minutes, then let's talk about <laughs> Teen Titans Go. Anyway, uh, like, just like Thundercats Roar. Oh. Uh, so, no. um, Teen Titans from the early 90s uh, had a very anime like style to yes. it. Like even, I mean, the opening was very anime. It was even, it even had a Japanese version of the anime mm-hmm. opening, yep. uh, like the the song, which was sung by Japanese pop stars, uh, Puffy Amiyumi. Yep. Who, uh, who I got yes. their own show because yes. people like the theme song so much. Correct. Um, so there was Teen Titans, and they're, you know, that one drew heavily from uh, in their the animation style, like some of the sight gags in yep. it, some oh, the facial so. expressions. You know, the the facial expressions and less like the mannerisms of some of the characters were obviously very anime inspired yes, but it was a were. very successful tv show oh yeah oh god um, yes. and the only reason that it was actually really canceled is because merchandising 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 teen titans the flamethrower i would have that bought one that right well that one didn't really pick up outside of north korea <laughs> it says booyah um, every time you pull the trigger <laughs> i would absolutely buy that <laughs> booyah <laughs> right I don't want I don't want I don't want Elon Musk's flamethrower. I want the Booyah Teen Titans branded flamethrower. Make this a happen. It's colored like Robin's suit, like like Robin's superhero outfit. Oh man, it's got Raven's little gem as the sight on the end of it. Right. the uh, The backpack is is shaped like a an like like um, Beast Boy as an elephant or something like that. (laughs) Right. Um. And whenever you hold down the trigger for more than two seconds, it's Starfire going, you are burning now. <laughs> that would be amazing. <laughs> All right, we're, all right, guys, we're officially announcing our Kickstarter. <laughs> oh, my God, we're gonna, we'd get sued into oblivion. Uh, yeah, they'd never find DC. the bodies. Well, yeah, because they'd use the flamethrower to get rid of them. <laughs> they would make the flamethrower show up to our houses. Oh, dream. We can dream. But no, yeah, Teen Titans was definitely, you know, a heavily, you know, anime-inspired series. Uh, I mean, that was one of, when I first started watching, that was one of the first things I noticed about it, beyond the, the uh, excellent writing in that show, was a lot of, like the like you said, the sight gags, you know, the little, little teardrop on people's heads, you know, um, like, just all kinds of different stuff like that. And it, it, it didn't look out of place, is the thing. It fit mm-hmm. for, like... What during the, you know, the quote unquote normal animation, which was very much a, I'd say Batman the animated series inspired, but not a direct copy of. But then when they threw in those those kind of like little anime tidbits, it didn't look out of place. It fit. So yeah. I mean, they did a really good job of meshing, you know, a Western and Eastern animation style and making it into something coherent. I mean, that that was one of the yeah. big things for me. Is it just it fit and it worked. 
Yeah, and you know, there's another show that uh, also had very much that similar, very similar style and things like that. It is a much less popular show, but I still remember it for some damn reason. Okay. Uh, do you remember Totally Spies? Yes, yes, actually. Uh, the the three yeah. the three teenage spy girls. Yeah, yeah, I don't know if they were that... teenagers or anything, like, or but yeah, I mean they were college yeah. girls, whatever they were. I, 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 yeah, yeah, I mean they were... you know that that one, very similar thing. I mean that one, I would say, drew more from anime than it did traditional cartoons as far as the the style of it. But it looked like no disrespect to the creators of that show, it looked like mm-hmm. if somebody did a a dollar store anime, like you could tell what it was supposed to be. But it didn't look up to the quality that you would expect from a traditional anime. So I don't mean that in a bad way. That's just the best analogy I can come up with right now. Um, right. But yeah, yeah, you know, that one also, similar to Teen Titans, drew from that. But I'd say maybe a little heavier than Teen Titans did. Yeah, and I think it was, they were really trying to go for the more Sailor Moon vibe in that one to draw in the more female audience. Yeah. Um, it, was, it was more, I think more was... whimsical. Yeah, more whimsical, yeah. and I, I, again, I think they were really pulling from the Sailor Moon vibe. I mean, the the show was not targeted towards boys. Oh, I mean, no, it was not very, at all. Not uh, very obvious. Um, you know, back then, anyway. And then, of course, nowadays you had, like, the new My Little Pony, which was, like, sucking in all the bronies. Dude, was and targeted admittedly... towards little girls, and their target audience ended up being, like, 30 to 40-year-old men. Yeah. Uh, admittedly, though, like, I saw a couple episodes it's, of that a, show. It's a and fun it was, show, yeah. Yeah, it's a fun show. It's very smartly written. Yes. very. Like, it was an incredibly intelligently written show. Mm-hmm. Um, and the, it had good messages. Like, it was, you know, obviously, you know, like, friendship is magic right. type thing. But, you know, it, it taught good life lessons. Um, and I thought it was a, it was a very well done show. I say, my, uh, like, I remember when they were still putting out new episodes of that, my daughter would watch it. And, like, she absolutely loved it. And mm-hmm. I would sit down, like, that was, you know, one of the few cartoons, you know, geared towards young kids that I would sit down, like, I would have no problem watching a couple episodes because, it, like you said, it was very intelligently written and, yeah, did deliver really good messages, but it was also fun was the thing. It was it was engaging. Yeah. But th- that... Would I, call... I call myself a brony? Absolutely not. Yes. Yeah, like, same, I am same. not... Like, I do not show up to conventions with a horsetail and a unicorn horn. Why um, not? Uh, How does the horsetail attach? You know, that's another episode. That's this, another is episode. Not that, this is not <laughs> that type of show, folks. Uh, for that one, for non-sequitur nerds after dark, please tune in. <laughs> I met uh, is it Velcro, Ian. Where did you go with that? <laughs> But no, it's 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 kind of going back to, to our point. Like that's one that, I mean, another well done show. That one I wouldn't classify at all as an American anime. That one is that one to me is strictly a cartoon. I would say it's cartoon with some anime inspirations. Okay. In some of the in some of the facial expressions and some of the actions, as much as you can facially express a horse see i, I got um, more like old school looney tunes vibes off of it like as far as the facial animations but I, again i mean these are all just opinions at this point right right so i mean yeah i can see that too but um i see now one kind of pit well go ahead no go ahead oh, please i was gonna say now one that i know that you and i both enjoyed that you and i have talked about a lot that we both consider an american anime avatar the last airbender Yes. Is I mean that one uh, I, I would absolutely consider that an American anime. 
Yeah, I I would con- totally consider that an American anime. Um, I would say that it is one of the one of the, if not the best American animated cartoon like of all time. Like it is I, like incredibly it is... well done. I mean, I the only bad thing I can say about Avatar is they let M Night Shyamalan do a movie. <laughs> I'm pretty sure for that movie, he went to you a bowl and go, all right, how do I do this? Right. Um, so that's two this actually, episode. Exactly. Um, actually, what's what's even sadder, though, is, is some of the backstory about that is yeah. because apparently his kids loved Avatar, like the, the TV show. So, like, he was actually really trying really? with that movie. Yeah, like, see, see, okay. he really was trying to make it good, and it just, it was not. So, okay, fun story. My kids, last year, started watching The Last Airbender. They absolutely loved it. So I'm like, hey, you guys know, you know, or I, I remember, I didn't even bring it up, but like scrolling through Netflix, Hulu, whatever, they saw the movie. And like, Dad, is, there's a movie? And I said, yeah, guys, but I'm going to be honest, you're probably not going to like it. Oh, we want to watch it. We want to watch it. You're probably not going to like it. Oh, let's watch it. Okay. So I put it on. They go through it. My dad goes, or my dad, my son goes, is that it? I'm like, yeah, he goes, I'm glad that's over because that sucked. <laughs> just, <laughs> I have I have never like usually usually like he'll go yeah you know this movie is boring can I go do something else? He was sitting through it waiting for something good to happen from beginning to end and then went I'm glad that's over that sucked. <laughs> Keep Sorry, in mind kid, this is now this is an allegory for n- life. He was nine at the time and recognized right. that sucked. Sorry, kid. This is an allegory for life. Sometimes you really want something special to happen, and it just doesn't. Right. Um, yeah. So that one, that one was a rough. That was that one was rough. I would say that the the Avatar movie is this generation's version of the Super Mario Brothers movie. Oh God, I never even thought about grouping those two in the same category, but they, dang, there they are. Yeah. Yeah. Man. Yeah. And on that depressing note, so. Yeah. yeah, Avatar: The Last Airbender is obviously an American, you know, Nickelodeon, uh, right. you know, Nickelodeon cartoon series, um, written by two very much white guys, but draws such heavy inspiration from Asian cultures. I mean, the yes. fighting styles are based upon Asian fighting styles. Well, did they actually you know, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but for like the the fighting, didn't they actually have people come in and effectively do? I don't want to call it mocap, but they. Like, all right, here's how we want this scene to go. Fight it out for us. We'll take video so that we have reference of how this fight yeah. is actually going to look. Okay, I, I thought yeah, I thought were... Avatar was the one that did that. Yeah, I'm pretty sure they did that. They were they they had reference actors, you know, reference martial artists come in, um, and and do you know mildly choreographed fights, and so that's um, that's kind of how that went. But uh, they I thought so. It was it was just a it was a very intelligently written show. Mm. Very well animated, like um, very and, mature, but not in a blood and guts kind of way. But in a, it dealt with a lot of tones of, well, I mean, you know, death, morality, uh, self sacrifice, things like that that you don't typically see in a children's cartoon, but you right. see a lot in anime. And I mean, it it worked really well for that show. I mean, yeah. I mean, if you look at man. if you look at like Zuko, I mean, his entire arc Dude, is about finding himself. Like his, okay, like, you, you know me. I'm I'm a big Vegeta fan from DBZ. You know, I I love mm-hmm. I love a villain turned antihero slash hero. 
Right. But Zuko's arc is hands down my favorite redemption arc. Just because yeah. it was so well done. Like, that series did such an amazing job of, like, showing his his turmoil. Of, like, the mm-hmm. choices. That, like, he's been brought up believing one thing, but realizing that that's that's not exactly how it should be. And, you know, and, yeah, and, I mean, and, it, and it betrayed by his family. I mean, the whole nine yards. He had everything going against him. But ended up turning around to being one of the one of if not the best character out of that show, as far as growth goes. Mm-hmm. No, he certainly shows the most like, I would say, emotional and personal growth. Like of any, it, it, yeah, really yeah. kind of finding himself. You know, Aang's whole thing was uh, you know kind of like. It, I wouldn't don't even want to say it was opposite of Zuko's, but his was just like almost acceptance of who he was right because like zuko like, zuko was really trying to just find out who he was because like like ang knew who he was he is the avatar he's the one who's supposed to master all the all four elements and bring peace and harmony you know back to the land he knew what he was supposed to do he, he knew where the finish line was but he didn't know where the starting point was zuko didn't even know there was a race yeah pretty much pretty much and and and, i don't want to i don't want to dwell too long on this but i will say that though (laughs) um i I will say that uncle iroh is probably one of the single greatest father figures in in you know american uh uh, cartoons i I 100 percent agree with that he was probably the epitome of what a father figure should be And what people should aspire to be is is Iroh. Yeah. Like, and his um, his original voice actor, um, uh, Mako Iwamatsu, I believe was his la- his last name. He was Japanese. Um, yeah. uh, unfortunately, passed away at the end of season two, yeah. uh, and uh, had to be um, recast in season three, which I believe was Greg Baldwin. Um, of, of the Baldwins or. Just another no, Baldwin. No, 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 okay. no. Just a, a I different... Say, a I didn't know there was another Baldwin. No, a different different Baldwin. Okay. Um, but, uh, you know, he gave such life and depth to that character in his performance. Absolutely. And, um, you know, his... Uh, obviously, there's the, the famous um, scene in season two where he's, you know, he, he's celebrates the birthday of his deceased son and yep. sings that, that song. Mm-hmm. And it just, like... Right every time, just well, the, straight to the heart. The the newer voice actor, I was actually reading a thing recently about it. That at almost every con that he's at, people ask him, "Well, hey, you know, can you sing that? Because you can do the voice." And he says, "No, that that's not my song." And like yeah. out of out of respect for the original voice actor, he does not sing it. He's like that. That is his. That was his song. Yeah. And and yes, that uh, I believe that is um, uh, Greg Baldwin. I believe is the the actor. Uh, so I need to uh, you know I can confirm that. But um, yes, yes, Greg Baldwin. Okay. Uh, because he he also provided um, Mako was doing other uh, other voice work at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, famously was and we can tra- use this as a kind of a transition. Okay. Point, uh, also was famously the original voice of Aku in Samurai Jack. Oh my god, I never made that connection. Yes, Uncle Iroh, lovable Uncle Iroh, 
is also the voice of Aku in Samurai Jack. I never um, made that connection until just now, and my my mind is kind of blown here. <laughs> we may oh have to God. give Tim a few minutes to reboot his brain. <laughs> we need yes. an editor so they can just put a loading bar on my forehead right now. I'm, I'm processing that Uncle Iroh is Aku. This is... Yes. Yes, the, the very much, you know, ultra dorky uh, villain of, of Samurai Jack. Um, oh my god. Yeah, he, he, so uh, Greg Baldwin uh, also then took over his role in Samurai Jack to finish out that character as well. Uh, and then obviously well, he, famously, he, famously came back and reprised Uncle Iroh for... Uh, Legend of Korra, and came back and did Aku for the final season, the the final season of Samurai Jack. Well, I mean, it just kind of shows, you know, how good he was at imitating the original voice. That, like, hey, he's doing other stuff, bring him on, you know. Yeah, I mean, if you listen to them side by side, you can obviously hear, you know, right. you can the hear difference. the difference, right? right. But um, anyway, so yeah, but then from that point, obviously, we can transition to Samurai Jack. Yeah. Um. To me, go ahead. To me, I, I obviously Samurai Jack is very heavily anime inspired, mm -hmm. but I do not consider that an American anime. It's, it is yeah. it is a car it is American cartoon, uh, oddly enough, uh, created by a Russian. I believe Gendy Tartakovsky is Russian. I mean, um, probably, probably. If if, um, if not, we're sorry. Right, uh, you know, of Eastern European descent. We'll, there we we'll go, go with there that. You go. Um, he might actually be Ukrainian. I don't know. Sorry. Um, but, uh, yeah, so Samurai Jack is, it, to me, a, a, a very, very intelligently done, very well-written um, American cartoon. But I would not consider it in the genre of American anime. See, and that's I agree with you on that one. I mean, it, it obviously, I mean, Samurai Jack is obviously very Japanese-inspired. I mean, it deals with a lot of... I mean, for one, the main character is a samurai, if you couldn't gather that from the title. Um, he fights right. a, a traditional, you know, Asian-style demon. I mean, it deals with a lot of, you know, folklore of that area. But yeah, I, I wouldn't consider it an anime. I mean, while it is a very... I'm looking at the, the picture of it on the, our, my screen over here. While it is a very unique art style compared to other, you know, cart, regular cartoons... I don't think it classifies as an anime, and I'm, I'm sure there's going to be listeners that are going to disagree with us. I mean, please, you know, l let us know. I mean, we, we love to hear from our listeners. Um, right. You're... But, I, yeah, I wouldn't consider that an anime. It, it's, yeah. it's really good, though. Don't get me wrong. No, it, it's really good, and I would kind of I would lump it in um, similar to another, uh, another show of ours that we, we really liked, but... Mm -hmm. it, one of those ones that was unfortunately canceled before its time. Johnny um, Bravo. Not quite. Um, that was close. All right. Which is another one of his, you, which is another one of his creations, actually. Uh, right. I mean, if we yeah, if we six degrees of if we six degrees of Kevin Bacon this thing, then yes, <laughs> it, it you were close. All right. Um, because it was another Cartoon Network show. All right. Megas Megas XLR. I am still waiting on likeness rights. <laughs> Okay, so running joke about Mega XLR real quick. When that show came out, our, our buddy Kevin and I watched it. And our first response was, why are the main characters us, like Kevin and I? Because at the time, like, Kevin still very much looks like, uh... Hoop. 
Coop, thank you. And at the time, I looked very much like Jamie. Um, yep. So, like, the running joke was, when who do we talk to to get our check? <laughs> right. But, I mean, like, Megas was one that, I mean, obviously very heavily inspired on pick a mech anime, put it on a dartboard, throw a dart, that. I mean, it, it, yep. it took tropes from Gundam, from Evangelion, from Macross, from, I mean, Voltron. Robotech. Robotech. I mean, you pick it. And, like, they pretty much went, okay, everybody find all the cool Japanese robots you can and throw them on my desk, and I will make a cartoon about this. But we're going to Americanize yep. it by making yep. the head of the robot a muscle car. Yep. But you know what? It was an awesome series. Like, that's one that I would love to see that get a reboot. But at the same time, I'm scared that it is going to get a reboot because I think that that's one of those that, if you can't tell, I thoroughly enjoyed it. I would be afraid that a reboot would try to modernize it too much. But at the same time, it's like, I want to see more of that world. Like I'd even be happy with like a, you know, a, a comic continuation, which I think they, they did for a while, but it wasn't so much a continuation as it was. And I might be thinking of something else, but if I remember right, it wasn't so much a continuation as it was. Here's other stuff that the guys are doing in between episodes. Like it was right. like extra villains. It didn't have anything to do with the main you know, the main story arc or whatever, but that's yeah. one that uh, here, 100% is, is inspired by anime. Right. So here's a, here's a, a fun trivia fact for you guys. Uh -oh. uh, uh, so the voice of Jamie is um, Steve Bloom, famously mm -hmm. uh, Spike Spiegel in Cowboy Bebop. He's famous for being uh, Steve Bloom. Yes. He's famous <laughs> for being Steve Bloom. Um, the voice actor for Coop okay. was David DeLuise. The son of Dom DeLuise. Really? Yes. That, you know, that, that, that kind of, you know, being a child of the 80s, which if you haven't listened to our 80s episode yet, it's now available. Um, Dom, De, like, hearing that the DeLuise name is still in multimedia like that, that warms my heart a little bit because, like, like Dom DeLuise, like, he was, he was a delight. As a child, I loved hearing his voice. So it's it's to me that that is kind of a, a nice little warm bit of nostalgia in my heart to know that his son is doing stuff. I was not aware of that. That's that's really cool. Yep. Yep. Yeah. So you know, there's a there's a fun nugget for you. Yeah, so. that, that's pretty cool, actually. So, um, kind of transitioning a little bit further into the more newer stuff. Um, there's some other other American anime shows or American cartoon shows that you know. I'm not going to touch on Legend of Korra because obviously that is it's a spin almost off of Avatar. A, it, yeah. It, it's a direct, it's a sequel of Avatar yeah. and you know we we've already kind of touched that so I don't want to yeah. belabor the point there. Second um, verse but, same as the first. Pretty much. Uh The Boondocks, Aaron Magruder's The Boondocks. Y yes, very heavily anime inspired. I mean, look at some of the fight scenes in that and tell me that, that at the okay, let me rephrase that. Not so much anime inspired as it is Asian culture in general inspired because like right. look at those fight scenes well, and tell me that that's not something you would have seen in an old Kung Fu film. Well, there's that. And then there, you know, there, there's some, just like some of the over the top action things were yes. inspired by those Kung Fu movies. But the, the, one of the episodes that I'm going to reference is the, uh, the kickball 
episode. Okay, yep. Where they they do the kickball, where they do the kickball battle. That one to me very heavily draws from anime. Yeah, I'll give you like, that. Like, because I mean, there, I mean, like, I think at one point Huey knocks the ball up into the air, jumps forty feet in the air, does a flip <laughs> kick that just like power up powers up the ball so that it's on fire and then drives it into some kid like breaking their leg or something right. like that. Oh, yeah. So, like, I, yeah. I, I will give you that one for sure. So, yeah, that one definitely, uh, definitely anime inspired. Um, <clears throat> sorry, I keep looking down at my arm because I, I scratched my arm and I realized that I, I hit a scab. Oh, so, so yeah. Now, now kind of um, segueing from that a little bit, there are like a lot of the stuff we've talked about are things that, that are very inspired by. But there's a, a lot of other American cartoons that I don't want to say pay homage to, but reference anime. Uh, one that comes to mind for me is uh, another another Cartoon Network show. It's weird. Cartoon Network has a lot of cartoons. Who'd have figured? Uh, Amazing right. World of Gumball. Which, okay. <laughs> yes. The first time I watched that show, I'm like, what LSD fever dream did I fall into? And now it's like, oh, Gumball's on. <laughs> There's an episode, I remember specifically, that it's like they, they it's revealed that their mom was part of, I don't even remember what exactly, but their mom was like part of some like kung fu assassin society or something. And yeah, one of, I know one, the episode. Yeah, and the, their, their friend, and like one of her old uh, teammates or whatever, the kids are friends with their daughter. Well, the two moms get into a fight, like literally the entire animation of the episode changes from traditional gumball animation to effectively like dbz and they have like a full-on like anime fight in the school and like i'm watching like this is after i started watching it. i'm going this i want to see more of this i want that as a show can we make this a spinoff the secret life right. of nicole waterson but right. like, like i mean not i mean that episode's the one that, that comes to mind is it's the most heavily uh um Words. Anime inspired. Anime inspired. Thank you. The, the words of things, but like there are like other little snippets here and there of things that are definitely kind of like I don't want to necessarily say tributes, but they're little nods to other you know schools of thought of animation. And like there, there's right. there's a lot of newer cartoons that you'll see stuff like that. Like another one that you and I have talked about before that sadly got canceled and is another Cartoon Network show. OKKO. OK Yep. That one, I mean, it's very much in that American, uh, what do people call it, bean animation? Because everybody's just yeah. drawn, like, it's just circles. They're all little beans. Um, but it's, again, that one is very heavily anime inspired. And I, I, I have to, I have to mention my favorite episode of that show. K.O., like, his, he thinks his mom is depressed because he thinks that she gave up her life as a superhero because he was born. So he tries to do something nice for her, and he comes up with this idea of finding one of her old villains and tricking them into coming back into town and fighting her so that she can have one last really good fight as the hero that he knows she is. Well, his mom is the age group that Ian and I are in. So this entire episode is a love letter to the people of our age group that they know are watching this show the villain, and I can't, I, I always forget his name. Jonathan Davies. That, no, um, lead singer of Corn. What the heck is his name? Oh, um. I, I like, I know exactly who it is, but I, is it Jonathan Davis? 
I forget his name uh, every time I try to try to recall him. Yeah, Jonathan Davis. Okay, Jonathan. Okay, I Jonathan Davis is the lead. Is is he is voicing her villain? And that his entire like monologue back and or dialogue back and forth with her is referencing like lyrics or song titles that you and I listened to in high school. If you you have to find if you haven't seen it, watch a clip. Um, it is just especially if if you're uh, around the same age group as Ian and I, it is absolutely worth watching. It is an absolute delight to see that that part. But anyway, that's another show that is very, in my opinion, anime inspired but tries to stay true to, to what it is, which is a cartoon. I think there's other, there's other um, shows out there. Uh, <clears throat> um, some of them that, I'll, you know, Ben 10 uh, is another one of those. Uh, Generator Rex, which were actually all really the same animation uh, team, anim- yeah. or, uh, producers. And were um, pretty similar shows. I mean, oh, I mean, they cr- they had a crossover between them at one point. So. Well, I mean, you know, Jimmy Neutron and Fairly Odd Parents had a crossover. The true. Uh, okay. They had like I mean, three or four crossovers, actually. Yeah, I think so. But I mean, Fairly Odd Parents actually crossed over quite a lot of stuff. And then, <laughs> of course, there's obviously you know there were there are segments of Fairly Odd Parents that were very anime inspired, like yeah. when they the. Uh, the uh, the movie um, or TV movie, whatever it was, where it's like the magic cupcakes or, or the TV remotes, where they oh, they yeah. go into the TVs. Yep. And then they do the, they v- do the very much Dragon Ball Z inspired fight between right. between Timmy and Vicky. Um, <laughs> Forgot about that. Another yeah. one that I'm, another one that I'm kind of uh, that that's out there is uh, Rooster Teeth Ruby. See that that one is one hundred percent. They're Canadian, aren't they? Is Rooster Teeth a Canadian Rooster production Teeth? company? No, they're in like Austin, Texas. There's like the like the furthest you can get from well, Canada yeah. well, in no, the there, U.S. There, there's, in the continental U.S. There's some production company that did uh, like pretty much like Ruby. It was like super anime inspired, and they're from Canada. And I can't remember who it is, but no, going back to Ruby, since I, I know what we're talking about there. Um, yeah, that one is 100 percent you know an American anime. Yeah, Especially and that one was. Texas. <laughs> Right, and and that one was, um, I mean, Ruby was the creation of Monty Oom, Ohm, or whatever you yeah, want to say his name is, yeah. um, who was kind of an, an aspiring uh, CG um, CG person who drew heavily from anime and, like, the over-the-top kung fu movies. Um, go and check out Dead Fantasy on YouTube. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, is a, it is a Monty Ohm production. Um, he, I think it was, you know, probably one of the reasons why he got scouted by... Uh, rooster teeth rooster teeth um but it's it's like he takes the girls from final fantasy and just has them in like a battle uh, it's actually final oh. fantasy and um dead or alive yeah yeah, and yeah has i've them, seen that yeah and has them basically do like a, a a dead or alive versus final fantasy like battle royale type thing well like um, a, a, it, a lot of his early animation like as i remember uh just accidentally coming across some of his his uh, early animations on on youtube and they're all real, like, especially even for the time, they are incredibly well done, very well animated, um, talented, talented individual. I mean, yeah, yeah. He um, he unfortunately passed away several years ago from. Yeah. I I don't want to say it was cardiac arrest. Maybe it was like an embolism or something, or yeah. you know, like a it was something along those lines. Yeah, but, um, 
unfortunately he was he was removed from this world too soon but yeah. ruby was his creation and it's definitely an american anime in my yeah. opinion they oh, yeah. very much a you know very very much an american anime between the the facial expressions and the art style yep. i mean besides the besides his you know signature cg like right cg style is is obviously not that that big in in Japan, but the the, well, the the characterization style and the the humor, right? Um, and the sight gags and all that stuff, and the fact that they have you know these uh, very very beautifully designed high school girls uh, with like crazy over the top weapons beating the shit out of monsters. Do, do you remember like I think it's it's before Ruby came out, he put up that animation of of her. Um... Fighting like all the like the werewolves or whatever. Yeah, the Grim, I think, is what they're yeah, called. Yeah, like I think yeah. like that was out before Ruby was. Well, I don't want to say it was. I I think that was put out before Ruby was a thing, or maybe it was a teaser for it. But I remember watching that, just going, "This is freaking amazing! I want to see more of this." And then I discovered yep. Ruby, and admittedly, I haven't watched as much of Ruby as what I would would have liked to. Um. But, I mean, it's so good, so good. One that, I don't know why us talking about Ruby brought this into mind, but another American-styled uh, anime, uh, anime, Black Dynamite. Yep. You can't tell me that's not anime-inspired. I don't know what about Ruby reminded me of that, but... <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, Black Dynamite uh, was a, another... Cartoon Network uh, Adult Swim actually yeah. uh, show it very much in the vein and probably the same animation studio as the Boondocks. Oh, probably. Well, I mean, um, I think it was even produced by Aaron Magruder. Well, and um, Black Dynamite's based on a movie, a live action movie yeah. called Black Dynamite. Yeah. Like, I want to see that to see if it's as over the top as the show was, because that was that was some next level stuff right there. Let me tell you. I, I liked it. Yeah, but um, so there's that, and I think we're kind of getting to the point where we're now starting to transition into almost American-produced mm -hmm. anime-type things, and yeah. I think this is where people really start to get grumpy or opinionated about this. And where yeah. the the first example that I'm going to talk about is um, Netflix's Castlevania, right? Very, very beautiful show. I'm Absolutely. pretty sure it's actually animated by a Japanese studio. Oh, wouldn't, um, wouldn't, I believe... wouldn't surprise me. Wouldn't surprise me in the least. Yeah, I, I believe it's animated by a Japanese studio. But then there's you know there's other shows in that vein like uh, Blood of God, Blood of Gods or something like that, um, which is again the same studio. Um, that you know it very much uh, you know. That one is, I think, less sight gag focused mm -hmm. as American anime. Yeah. And what I would say is more, um, it, it's more in the style of, I, I, I want to say, uh, like Fist of the North Star, uh, Baki the Grappler. Uh, um, dude, the original Baki even, the Grappler movie was amazing. Right. I, I, and I, I'm, but I'm going to uh, JoJo's Bizarre Adventure was type that, was, thing. Was like, that a JoJo's reference? That was a JoJo's reference, <laughs> dude. I didn't. I didn't get the whole JoJo's reference thing until I started watching JoJo, and now everything is a JoJo's reference. I don't care what it is. There is. It's a JoJo's reference now. 
it's another show that's also been around for like ever, and like it yeah. was just recently just. Dis- like it just recently got super popular here in, well, yeah, in the like States. yeah it's it's an older anime at this point in the grand scheme of things but yeah like ever since and going back to the, our topic at the top of the show ever since it got dubbed it's become popular yep but there's still, yeah. there's people that will watch the newer series sub now it's like we've come full circle here people exactly uh, so you know those are those are two shows that I don't I want to say they almost are in a genre of their own that maybe that is in and of itself American anime. Right. Like anime style or inspired. I don't want to say it's inspired because it's just so it feels so much like a good serious anime. Well, you know, it's, it's if we're getting on that topic of of uh, things like that, you had mentioned earlier that, you know, Ruby, apart from the CG styling, it, which isn't big in Japan, the newest Ghost in the Shell series, which was a Netflix thing, right? was CG. And it was good. Yep. I mean... Well, then there's... I was, I, you know, that one surprised me, because Ghost in the Shell, like, I enjoyed the original, the original movie. Mm-hmm. I'm going to be... I know I'm probably going to get a lot of hate mail for this. I liked the live-action film. It was all right. Casting choices aside, I liked it. I thought that it was a good retelling of the first Ghost in the Shell movie. The Ghost in the Shell series, though, are very standalone hit- complex. Yeah, like stand- standalone complex was good. There was uh, what second gig. I... Uh, well, stand- standalone complex, I believe that was the first season yeah. of the of the the original uh, production IG run, and mm-hmm. then it was second gig i think was the second season See, second like something like that. i don't know if they they changed writers but like second gig just it didn't feel the same to me but anyway yeah. an, anyway I, I digress though like the the netflix you know if we're going to talk about them they're starting to to dip their hands into anime a lot more than they did even five years ago yeah and they they produced you know they're producing or at least licensing or funding a lot of different things uh th- there's another one uh the life of psyche k which uh, is okay. a very popular very that popular one, one i like that one's really good yeah my my wife started watching it she's like oh yeah this looks interesting and then she started binging it and like i you know passing through the living room or whatever i'd kind of look over watch it but i eventually found myself sitting down going Okay, what did I miss? Catch me up to speed. What's going on? Who's that guy? And what's going on here? And it like it was really good. Like then when we finished, you know what they had out at the time, like oh that sucks. There's there's no more of it. Well, not, now there is. I don't know if it's up on Netflix yet, but there's more of it. Right. Um, yeah. So you know the the life of Psyche K is another Netflix you know funded produced show. Right. Um, there's uh, if you look at. Uh, uh, I had it now, and, uh, and uh, it's flitted away from me. Um, but I mean, if you look at like Crunchyroll, they have uh, Tower of God, yep. um, which is they they produced like there it was there they funded the production for. Um, so I became a spider. So what? I mean, that's another show that they produced. Run that title by me again. Uh, basically, it's an isekai where uh, uh, the main character gets reincarnated as a spider. Okay. 
and the title is something along the lines of like, so I'm a spider, so what? I I like that time I got reincarnated as a slime better, but I think that's because that, yeah. that, that one's more my humor. <laughs> this one is kind of inter like the spider one is interesting. Like I watched the first episode and I was yeah. a little off put by it, but another friend of mine said that like, yeah, it's really kind of weird. The first three, like two or three episodes, like you gotta, you gotta give it a little bit of time to bake and then it finds a stride. I'm like, all right, I guess I, I need to, I haven't done it yet, but I'm, it's on my list to go back and like try to okay. try to watch more of it. But, um, yeah, so, you know, there, there's these shows now that, uh, oh, another, another Netflix one, um, uh, brand new animal. Oh yeah. Uh, have you seen that one? It, it, that's one that's been recommended to me and I haven't gotten around to watching it yet. Yeah, it's uh, it's Studio Trigger. So yep. if you're a fan of if you're a fan of Gurren Lagann, uh, <laughs> yes, Promare, um, oh, uh, anything that's good. I mean, right, uh, Kill a Kill. I say, um, I, I, I'm a fan of Studio Trigger. I mean, I I love their animation style. I love the way they do things. I I want just more. Right, their brand of humor is definitely. Admit that. Um, you cut out like mid sentence there. <laughs> oh, that's weird. Their brand um, of humor is what? Their brand of humor is not for everyone. I yeah, will oh, fully admit oh, that. Yeah. Like I have, like uh, one of my really, one of my really good friends detests Studio Trigger. I, like, see, I, I, I think everything. I know what you're talking about. Yeah, like hates everything that they do, with the exception of Brand New Animal. He actually liked Brand New Animal. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, it's that's another show that I thought was very well done. I really liked it. Less, it was definitely more, much more tame than most uh, Studio Trigger stuff. So, okay. but it, it's another. It was another show that was produced by Netflix, as far as I know. Well, so, and, and um, I, I can't. We can't talk about anime that Netflix has done without talking about uh, the uh, the Ava in the room. Um, <laughs> so, a while back, Netflix announced, "Hey." We're bringing Neon Genesis Evangelion to Netflix. To which everybody went, yes, we can watch it in its entirety again. Because for those of you who don't know, the original release of Ava is so mired in who owns the rights to what specific episodes that it is nigh on impossible to find the, the full series in one package. Unless, like Ian, you went to a, a, a convention in the early aughts and found a totally legitimate anime booth and picked up, picked it up. Yep. So, here we are. We fast forward. Evangelion's gotten released on Netflix. And it's completely different voice actors, completely different dialogue. They edited a lot of stuff. They changed a lot of stuff. They took out music that they couldn't get the rights to. And there's fans now that are going, what the hell is this? Yeah, it's, it's not your daddy's Ava. Yeah. Well, like, like the, the one thing that I will say is, New Ava, I sat down, my, my wife had never seen it, and it's a series that I had recommended, like, if you ever can find it, watch it, watch it, watch it. So we sat down and watched the new one. And admittedly, the new one, you know, didn't make me question my entire reality self-worth and go into a depressive fit for, you know, 72 hours. But that was kind of the charm of the original one. <laughs> but, I mean, it, I, th right. I think that... Given given today's thoughts and whatnot, it does a much better job of showing, like, how trauma and PTSD and things of that nature affect people and how people deal with it. Versus the original anime was, everything is death, you're death, everything sucks, you suck, we're all gonna die. 
and that was pretty much it. I mean, I'm oversimplifying the original Ava. It was a masterpiece for its time, but I think like Netflix tried to to update it, more, kind of modernize it, and a lot of people were really torn on that. And it, it seems like typically when it comes to animated anime, Netflix seems to have a pretty good track record of success. The flip side of that, and I think you know where I'm going with this, is anime's live action, or anime's, Netflix's live action anime adaptations do not have a good track record. Do we dare talk about the live action Death Note? Because I don't want to. That is a big bee in my office. Holy crap. Never mind, it's just a really big fly. I'm okay. Hi, how you doing, folks? Well, folks, well, we have discovered that Tim is a giant wiener. Well, no, um, there, there was, like, seriously, a three-inch-long, like, wasp hornet bee mutant hybrid thing in the house yesterday. We don't know how it got in. We've never seen this particular Zeppelin before. And I thought it was another one that somehow got in. It's just a like a frickin' horsefly is flying around my office. Okay. All right, well, um, the Hindenburg is back. I have named the fly Hindenburg. Um... Well, hopefully he'll uh, he'll Hindenburg uh, its way into uh, somewhere else. You know, <laughs> yes. But but, um, but no, yeah. Their their live action anime does not have the best track record. Which I mean, I know it's it's not animated, obviously, but I mean, it is a American produced anime product. An, anime by adaptation. Anime by product is the better term. It, it, yeah. Right. Um, it's an adaptation. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't... We could probably do a whole other show about, uh, you know, adaptations and and rewrites and things like that. Um, but, you know, to just try to, you know, reel it back <laughs> in right. here and, 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 and circle it back around, though. Um, so, yeah, I mean, there's, there's a lot... You know, we've talked about a lot of different you know, shows and things like that, what, you know, what we consider Japanese American anime versus American cartoons. Mm -hmm. And, you know, then there, everybody, I mean, you know, a Japanese anime, it's produced in Japan, but at the same time, like on the flip side, I think there are people out there that like, there, there are Japanese studios out there that will, that will, I don't want to say take inspiration from America or things like that, but I mean, there are shows that do that. Um, (laughs) If you've ever seen, if you've ever seen, um, the show. Well, yeah, but, but if you've also ever seen the show, it's another studio trivia show, actually. Um, Panty and Stocking. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> that show is so ludicrous, and I love it. I love it. So my understanding of how that show, my understanding of how that show came to be is uh, the original creators of Gurren Lagan made their show. All right. The show ended, and then they were like, we need something else to do. And then drawn together, the American cartoon was on at the time they're like oh we god really want to make something like that like just something <laughs> completely inane and crazy right let's make that in an anime that, and so that's, that's how the Pan- perfect that's background how... story yes that, and it fits with studio triggers mo yes yes it, it um, does oh my god so yeah panty panty and stocking is not drawn in an anime style at all what like, you would consider I, I, like a, I feel dirty making this analogy, but it looks closer to Powerpuff Girls animation style. 
It does, but it also has like the, it has like the you know the magical girl transformation segments where it then yep. switches to like a more anime style. Yep. But it's just such a, it's it's like, it's like Powerpuff Girls had a drunken one night stand with Invader Zim, and then threw in and threw Sailor in the Moon power... watched. <laughs> right, and, <laughs> and Sailor Moon sat in the corner with her plastic bag. Um... I feel so dirty guys, right now. I feel so dirty. Reference, if you guys get that reference, then props to you. I feel so dirty. <laughs> unclean. Unclean. I'm going to sit in the shower and cry for the next hour. Uh. Now, I mean, we kind of briefly touched on that. Um, You know, you, you said that sometimes anime will take inspiration from uh, American culture and whatnot. Sometimes, though, that they get it, I don't want to say wrong, but stereotyped. And the, the, one of the things that, that really comes to mind that makes me laugh every time is Mobile Fighter G Gundam. Uh, and you know, yeah, you, you know what I'm going to talk about. The whole premise of G Fighter, and I've talked about it before, it's, it's one of my more favorite non-canon Gundam animes, is every, I think it's like seven, ten years, something like that, there's a world tournament to determine what country will be the controlling force of the planet until the next tournament. And to compete, your country has to build a Gundam that you know represents what your country is all about and fight. The American Gundam is a combination football player boxer who uses pistols and is driven by a cowboy. A rockabilly cowboy. <laughs> and you know what? If that ain't America right there... <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I mean, at least his pistols don't shoot beer and sound, you know, and and taste like steak. I mean, there's, there's right, a point that, where it's too much. Right, it, you know, pistols shoot beer, taste like steak. It has a a Gundam uh, horse that it rides on, and uh, <laughs> one one of the one of the Gundams had a horse. I don't remember what it was, but like like G Fighter is so so racially stereotypical with everything. I mean, Mexico's Gundam is the Tequila Gundam. Which literally yep. has a sombrero and a poncho. Um, I think Spain's Gundam didn't it have? Doesn't it, it have? Like isn't it a bullfighter? Yeah, yeah. It was, uh, the, it was the Matador. Holland's was literally a windmill. It was a windmill. It was like a Gundam picked up a windmill, slapped it on it, and went, "Let's go." <laughs> I mean, so I mean, something. I mean, but a lot of that goes towards. I mean, I know you and I talked about uh, Japanese culture, how how they view things like racism quite a bit differently than the rest of the world does. Um, I don't want to say the rest of the world, but quite differently than we do here in the States. Um, like, if something like G-Fighter was produced in the States today, oh, pe people would be losing their minds over it. Well, I mean, uh, drawing another analogy to that, have you, did you ever, do you remember the series Hitalia? Access Powers? The, it's, the name sounds familiar, but I'm, I'm not drawing... It is, it is literal, like personifications of countries yeah you've told like, me about this one yeah like the country like countries are people yeah like, yeah and you know anthropomorphized people like you know japan and korea and like britain and the u.s and like germany like and they are really stereotyped like hardcore like to the point where people were like up in arms about some of it really it's, it's one of those things where I, we talked about this before. Yeah, like, I think we did. You know, it was made like that show was made like in 2007, I think. Right. 
So it's it's the same thing with like friends, right? Like yeah, it was it was kind of funny back then, but like now it's like yeah, that joke doesn't that joke does not age well. Yeah, some stuff does not age well. Yep. Yeah. So um you know, one of the other one of the other shows that I kind of think about it's actually ne- another Netflix produced show, <laughs> but it's it's a a uh, uh KyoAni show, uh Kyoto Animation, uh mm-hmm. Violet Evergarden. See, like, admittedly, I haven't had my Netflix account for a while. Uh, I think the last time I had it was when Witcher came out. Like, and I binged that and then canceled my Netflix. Because there was almost, at the time, there wasn't really anything on there that I wanted to watch. But, I mean, like, Castlevania, like, I really want to watch that. A lot of these other anime, I really want to watch that. So I'm I'm probably soon going to be getting Netflix again. Like, I've got my Hulu, my Disney+. Plus. Uh, my HBO Max, you know, all, all that stuff, or and HBO Max. Um. Right. <laughs> um, yeah. So I, I, I Netflix, I would, Netflix I would has suggest... kind of surprised me with with their their anime selection. They seem to be, especially these last couple of years, really stepping up their game. Yeah. Um, Violet Evergarden is one of those anime, mm. one of those rare anime. I think that. I can't remember them using a trope, like, at all. Really? Like, it is It is 100%. If it is a trope, it's probably something that's so minuscule that you, you just gloss right over it and really? don't realize it. Like, they don't, they don't do, like, the, you know, weird facial expressions. They don't do, like, the... Uh, I, I think maybe, I guess, if you want to go with a trope, like, they have, like, the, the big boob secretary, and that's about it, but... I mean, that's um, kind of a given, I mean... They don't do, like, the weird comedic cut-ins or things like that, like... It is an exceptionally serious show, and a very powerful show, like, just one of those beautiful... Mm-hmm. Not, not only is the show itself beautifully animated, but it just has such a powerful message to it, and... It was so refreshing when I watched it that it was because it was so serious. Like it didn't have like they they do some lighthearted things. Yeah, but it was, but they don't do it. They don't comedy series. No, it was it is not a comedy series. But they they do some lighthearted things. But it's not done in like you know the goofy anime style like lighthearted thing where you know like the the Inuyasha sit boy thing right. but it's, or, it's you know, kind of the more like realistic this is a conversation that people would actually have kind of lighthearted right okay. the main character the main character is basically a like a child soldier who had who was basically raised to have no emotion okay so she's and now she's out of the army and she's like the war is over and she's trying to figure out how to navigate life. Hmm. Okay. Like basically take one of those like feral children that, you know, you hear about like being raised in the woods or something. Mm-hmm. And then with just more human interaction, but just trying to figure out how to, to be a, a person on her own. Um, that actually sounds like something I would enjoy watching. I think you would really enjoy it, and I would highly suggest it to any of our watchers and listeners, um, is that if you've not watched it, it is such a beautiful and amazing uh, amazing show. Um, and they've got a few movies out Dude. as well. Uh, Sorry, my, my they, daughter just popped in over here and scared the ever-loving crap out of me. Uh, it's bedtime. Okay, Daddy's, Daddy's almost done, honey. <laughs> I just, I like, okay, on, on, our, on our YouTube stream, you can't see it because I have it cropped, 
But on the screens where Ian and I are talking to each other, I see, like, my office and my green screen behind me, and I just see a face appear out of the corner of my eye, and, like, I'm pretty sure I just had a heart attack. I'll be up in a second, honey. Okay. All right, well, this this is the episode where Tim died. Oh, my God. <laughs> well. Um... I, think, I think that's a good stopping point, because I, I can't breathe. Oh, my God. Okay, for those of you that have have children, you know this feeling where your child is the scariest creature you could ever imagine. Oh my god! Considering and what you probably you won't see on the video, but what you considering that all I saw was this little face just slowly lean around the green screen. Oh my god! And like, um, like my daughter is like you. You've met her, Ian. My daughter is one of the like the sweetest people ever. Like she doesn't like hurting bugs. I mean, she's she's just the sweetest little thing ever, and just terrified the ever loving crap out of me. Oh my god. Yep. So, uh, anime, an American anime. There's. <laughs> it seems like. Whew, okay, breath, breathe, Tim, breathe. Whew. It seems like. American shows tend to pay homage or flat out uh, imitate Japanese anime more than it is the other way. But it just kind of goes to show that like anime is such a big part of, of world culture now that, you know, as the old saying goes, imitation is the best form of flattery. I mean, I imagine there's a lot of American animators, American producers, American voice actors that have watched anime or grew up watching anime that are making their shows and go, well, hey, you know, what, what if we did this thing, you know, kind of like this, this scene from this show? And, you know, they I mean, put... famously, you know, famously, Robin Williams was uh, huge into Evangelion and anime. Like, really? He, like, he. Yeah, you didn't you I, didn't know that? Yeah, I was not aware of no, that. No, it was it was is a well-known fact that uh, in, in Robin Williams office, like his personal office, he had a, a, a unit one. Really? Uh, an AV unit one statue that sat on his desk. Oh, that is amazing. Um, I, I didn't know he was a fan of that, which is kind of kind of sad if you think about it that he was a huge fan of a show that deals with you know depression and things of that nature i mean it just yeah man now now i'm sad and had a heart attack and what night, <laughs> this, this show is a roller coaster of emotions and i can't handle it right now <laughs> yeah um, but, you know there's there's others out there like dave Chappelle uh is is famous for you know, for being in anime and gaming, um, you know, well, the same thing with Rob Williams. Like, Robin Williams played World of Warcraft. and uh, Well, he, um, he loved the Zelda franchise, hence his daughter's which, name. Right, which is Zelda Williams, yep. um, which they did a commercial for Nintendo. They did, Together. Yep. And it was, uh, it was for very, the DS. It was a very heartfelt commercial, too. Yes, yes, it was. Uh, it was very beautiful, uh, very beautifully done. Um, so, yeah, it... Uh, while Tim's heart is start, slowly starting to calm down, uh, I think we have probably reached the apex of our hour uh, and uh, should probably wrap it up here. So, right. um, yeah, American, um, you know, uh, again, a very derisive subject. American anime, I think it exists. Yeah, I agree. Like there, I, agree. I, can, I, can, I can point to clear examples of what I would fall, refer to as American anime. Mm -hmm. Western anime, if you want to call it, if you want to call it that. Yeah. Um, and then there's obviously, and both cultures draw from each other for different different things, different shows, inspirations, mm. uh, styles, those kind of things. And if they, there's obviously things that speak to each other. Oh yeah, very um, much. Because so. you know, it's it's 
it's such a powerful, powerful medium, and everybody is, you know, everybody can, everybody likes it, and uh, you know, or everybody can like it, and you, know, you can find joy in, in pretty much anything. Um, so, you know, with that, I'll kind of put out a bit of a PSA here, folks. Don't shit on other people's stuff. Yes, like if they seriously. like it, if they like it, like let them like it. Like just because it doesn't, you know, just because it doesn't speak to you, doesn't mean that it, you know, it's a bad thing. Yeah. So. You know, everybody has this. Everybody, and I don't want to get too preachy here, but everybody has the things that they enjoy. Let them enjoy it. You have yeah. the things you enjoy. You know, uh, people love golf. Like I like golf, but I'm not going to go out every weekend and golf. I, I mini golf occasionally. Right. Exactly. Like people love Na- an American example. Let's go draw from that. People <laughs> love NASCAR. I hate it. It's four hours of watching cars make left turns. I mean, like I, I mean, we live in the state where one of our most famous things is the Indy 500 and. I can't remember the last time I watched it. I think it happened recently. I think. Yeah, last weekend. Okay. Or, well, uh, I mean, that's Monday. Not... Monday. Well, uh, yeah, how, anyway. was tra- how was traffic down there? <laughs> I have no idea because it's on the opposite end of town for me, so then nobody nobody in my area is near it, and I didn't leave my house. So Okay, good good call, probably. <laughs> probably. Uh, yeah, so um, the American anime, you know, uh, it's a... It exists. I think you should go out there and find ones that you that really like that you like. We talked about several out, you know, today. There's much more out oh, there that I oh, think you yes. will find and love. And they're making more and more every day. Um, and we're, you know, we're seeing kind of that that melding of of world cultures here. Oh, I mean, there's obviously so. going to be there's obviously going to be cultural differences, like the tropes that we talked about that we just don't necessarily understand and we've done an episode about this as well yeah. like uh, you'll so you probably can, never see an american show that does a hot springs episode here in the states we do shopping episodes yeah. right everyone goes to the mall or or goes to the uh, or goes to the fair you know things like that you know right so, I mean, the, japan the, they go to they go to the local shopping arcade or yep. they go to the festival yep or they go to the shrine yeah right the shrine there, there's, which, there's difference having... di- same difference yeah, it's cultural things that are obviously ingrained in that culture. We are getting to experience it secondhand. Yep. But take it, take it, take it in. Like oh, it's a great, great, great learning experience. But anyway, culture um, yourselves. Anime, right, exactly. You uncultured swines. <laughs> um, American anime really, um, really great that we're seeing you know these kind of things uh, coming between the cultures between the groups. So it's it's really refreshing to me, uh, oh, and I'm looking forward to what you know, to the next big productions, even the smaller productions, really. Oh, yeah. I mean, sometimes it's the indie stuff that's the, that's the best. Right. Um, yeah, so I think uh, that'll probably do it for us for tonight. There we um, go. So on, the, on that note, I think we'll go ahead and call it. Uh, as usual, um, find us on all of your favorite listening platforms. Uh, we are hosted on Anchor.fm for a podcast, but you can also catch us on Spotify, Apple, Google, uh, um, other podcasting mediums uh, that I can't remember, but they're out there. Uh, and obviously, you can catch our videos on YouTube as well. Uh, catch us also on, I'm saying catch us a lot. Uh, gotta catch, gotta them catch them all. Pokemon. Anyway. Forever. Uh, so, <laughs> at least he made the joke this yes, time. Yes, exactly. It, it's, this is something else that's become so ingrained in our, in our conversations. It's just Tim getting razzed about Pokemon. Forever. Forever. I'm getting roused forever. <laughs> anyway. Uh, so. Uh, 
You, you can catch us also. Yeah, you, <laughs> uh, you can also find us on Facebook and Twitter at non sequitur nerd, and uh, our website, which is probably horribly out of date right oh, now. Oh, probably. So, uh, anyway, I think that'll probably do us for tonight, folks. Uh, thank you for listening. Um, as always, uh, I'm Ian, and I had a heart attack. My name's Tim. <laughs> we'll catch y'all later, Good night. folks. Thanks for listening.